0: Let us begin with prayer. Lord God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, Your mercies are new to us every morning, even though we have in no way earned or deserved Your goodness. Yet You abundantly provide for all our wants of body and soul. We ask You to give Your Holy Spirit to us, so that we may heartily acknowledge Your merciful goodness towards us, give thanks for all of Your benefits, and serve You with willing obedience. Through Your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I have to admit this is the first year in my ministry as a pastor that I will not be having thanksgiving services with the congregation I've been called to serve sitting and standing in front of me and joining me in songs of thanksgiving. One year, I almost missed it due to a terrible virus that was raging through the small town in which I served, and it had not spared me. But the Lord gave me the strength to be able to heal well enough to hold the thanksgiving service. And here, I've been blessed because I am not one of the people who have contracted the COVID virus yet, And I say yet, because the way it is exploding across our country, it appears no one will be spared at this point. In good stewardship, so that we can gather together on Sunday morning, we have decided not to have Thanksgiving services to keep our facility clean, giving it seven days in between our gatherings together. And it's under the circumstances of an exploding COVID virus that I chose our Thanksgiving sermon text. That is Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a helper who can always be found in times of trouble. This is the word of our Lord. Our sermon theme for today is Psalm 46, verse 1 as applied to the coronavirus. Give thanks unto the Lord our God, because he is our refuge and strength, a help who can always be found in times of trouble. So the first part of our sermon is give thanks to the Lord because he is our refuge. What is a refuge? We no longer live in a time where we live with farms and flocks outside of a city gate where if an invader comes, we run inside the city and they close the gate I remember as a child a backpacking trip that I had gone with my father, and it seems that all it did once we got to the place that we were backpacking into was rain. We put up a small 5 by 7 tarp, and we stayed underneath that tarp, and in between breaks of rain we would cook our meals, and then we would go to bed in our tent. That tarp and that tent became our refuge until we had a chance for it to stop raining and dry out our gear, because the water would make our gear several pounds heavier, and get out of there. But God isn't a refuge that we need to get out from, is it? He is our shelter. As I look back at when the COVID virus struck our nation and hit our state and hit our county, most churches had to close down. Ours in stewardship chose to close down. And yet... It's not a biblical passage. It's an observation human beings have noticed. You often hear people say, when God closes a door, he opens a window. God is our refuge. And while we were not able to physically gather together as a flock until more equipment was brought in that our country and our hospitals would be able to handle the virus, God had opened a window for us. We had Our internet site that had been used for evangelism and suddenly it became the way in which God would continue to be our refuge. We ran to gather together and find refuge in the word of God. Now as we're facing a similar explosion, we're still able to gather together at this point in time, although in stewardship we're trying to do that only once every seven days to give chance for the virus to die if it's on any of our church furniture we still find God is our strength. Even during the COVID virus, we've been able to do things like receive the Lord's Supper, which strengthens our faith and nourishes it and strengthens our bond together. In times of loneliness, we have been thankful that brothers and sisters in Christ could call each other on the telephone and continue to strengthen and uplift each other as members of Christ's flock. In all of this, we are reminded that the Lord is our refuge. He is the one in whom we find shelter, and he has seen to it that his word remains proclaimed even in states with near draconian measures that would outlaw Christians from gathering together at all. The Lord has given people shelter in his word through such mediums as the radio, as television, as the internet, and through being able to call and talk to each other. We give thanks to the Lord because he is our shelter. He provides us with the roof over our head that we need proverbially to withstand the storms of this life. We're grateful for that because we live in a sinful world in which the devil wants nothing else but to drench you down with the sorrows of despair as if God does not care, as if God does not provide, as if God does not put a roof over your head. But God has taken care of both your physical body and your soul, giving you shelter from that bombardment, being your sure refuge, a mighty fortress in which we are strengthened. Which gets us into the second part of our text. We give thanks unto the Lord, because God is our refuge, but as the psalm says, he's also our strength. The Hebrew word used in this psalm for strength is a word that normally the Hebrew language of the Bible sets aside for the Lord, a strength that's normally characteristic of God, but human beings do not have. And the greatest way in which we give thanks to the Lord our God for being our strength is the fact that you and I, as sinners, are conceived as slaves to sin, death, and the devil. We're stuck in the mud and mire of our sin, and we are unable to dig ourselves out. We are destined straight to hell, and we have only ourselves to blame. But God is our strength. Two thousand years ago, God took on human flesh, and he lived a perfect life, So that he could credit you and I, who literally by the minute think sinful thoughts, who every day commit sins, who every day cannot see past our own selfish needs and desires, who would elevate ourselves above God and tell God how to be God, although we do not have God's wisdom or strength. Yet God took on human flesh and lived perfectly for us every day, felt the pains of temptation, but not in a sinful way, and had the strength to stand up to them and not fall, and has the strength to credit you with his strength, his perfect obedience. If we sin once, we prove to be unholy, and the verdict for unholiness is an eternity in hell. We do not have the strength to withhold that punishment and emerge from that prison, ever having been paroled or having served our sentence. But the Almighty God, the All-Knowing, the All-Powerful, the All-Present Lord, took on human flesh, so that he could live as your substitute, but also so that he could die as your substitute. When Christ was on the cross, God the Father and God the Holy Spirit abandoned God the Son, and in that time in which God the Son was on the cross, he was able to withstand the punishment for our sins and eternity of hell, and yet get it done in three hours' time. Only God has the strength to save you and we give thanks because he has. And not only did he have the strength as true God to withstand your punishment for sin and take it in your place, He also had the strength as true God to rise victorious from the grave. As true man, he could be your substitute and die. And so, as we have been learning at the end of time season of our church, we give thanks because the Lord has the strength to raise you again from the grave as he has promised. Many Christians get confused and they think that faith is something that they do. Kind of like. If you lift weights, you get more muscle and you're in better shape. And certainly if we keep coming to the word of God, God strengthens our faith through word and sacrament. But we forget that faith is actually the Holy Spirit giving birth to a new man in your heart. You did not have the strength to decide for God or make God your God. And so God was your strength there as well. He came through his word and sacraments and gave you the faith that you need. Now again, by sacraments, I'm talking about the Lord's Supper in which we receive the body and blood of Christ in a way that defies human understanding, but nourishes our faith and gives us the forgiveness of sins, and baptism in which... If a child is baptized, the Holy Spirit actually enters the heart and is sealed there. But if it's somebody who's old enough to have come to faith first through the word, then the Holy Spirit is sealed in that heart so that the new man arises every day to battle against the sinful nature. Scripture demands that we have faith, that we believe that Jesus is our Savior. I've often heard atheist professors and scientists and stuff scream out that it's unfair that God demands that we have faith and then condemns people because they were born in the wrong region. What a foolish argument. This is because they don't understand what faith is. God provides faith for you. He gives birth to the new man. And it actually takes a lot of strength in our sinful nature to resist and drive his Holy Spirit out of our heart. And so we give thanks to the Lord because he is our refuge and our strength. Let's apply that strength now to the COVID virus. We give thanks unto the Lord when we hear the good news that there appears to be a couple of vaccines that are going through approval process who appear to be able to immunize about 95 to 96 percent of those who will receive it. But you know, If God doesn't bless those, they're pointless. Human beings can get confused and they can say, the strength of my hands have put the food on the table. The strength of my brain has developed this immunity or this vaccine, but they forget. If God wasn't working behind the scenes, ruling as we heard in last Sunday's sermon in his kingdom of power, all would be for nothing. If the Lord doesn't bless it, it fails. We pray that the Lord blesses those vaccines and that we are able to put this coronavirus into remission. But we understand that if that does happen, it's really not the human efforts that does it. It's God's guiding hand working behind the scenes in his kingdom of power. And we give thanks because the Lord has worked. And if you think I'm being Pollyannish, watch any news clips that have been going on throughout this year. I don't care what your political affiliation is. Our news is very biased. It is a propaganda machine. And one of the reasons why we're so confused about the coronavirus is because, again, whatever your political viewpoints are, our news has not been reporting on the coronavirus in accordance with the facts. It has been according to their political intentions. And so we give thanks to the Lord that while others have lied or covered up truths about it, the Lord has continued to rule. We have been able to figure out ways to avoid getting the coronavirus. And we're thankful that many who do contract it have such mild symptoms that some have said it was easier on them than the common cold. Sadly, others contract symptoms and it is threatening of their lives. We give thanks to the Lord, ruling behind the scenes that, for example, doctors were able to figure out that the normal settings of respirators, when a person was suffering the symptoms so bad that they needed the respirator, those normal settings would be harmful for them, and they were able to figure out where to set the respirators so that they would be a blessing. What am I getting at? I'm not trying to be political, as I point out, that our media and that have not given us the truth on the coronavirus. Not that they even know it, but they've reported it with their own bias. The Lord has ruled in his kingdom of power, in spite of their not even realizing that they are working against him. And so we give thanks that the Lord is our strength We're thankful because many people have been paranoid about getting the virus and have been afraid to go to doctors for things that the doctors could quickly cure. We're thankful that the Lord oftentimes has sent other medical workers to tell them, you need to go to a doctor. That's God working in his kingdom of power to take care of his creation. I would like to use my own translation of the Hebrew text here for the very last section of this verse. Literally, it says, a help in distress, he's exceedingly found. The last reason why we give thanks to the Lord is not just because God is our refuge and strength, but because he is a help in distress. Isn't there a lot of things that we can distress about in this life? I have relatives who have diabetes, who have heart problems, who are cancer survivors. Kind of distressing to think of them being in contact of the coronavirus. Many people have been distressed. I've heard stories of people who have broke their legs and been afraid to go to the emergency room because they thought that they would catch the COVID virus and die and figured it was better to stay home with a broken leg. Even if the COVID virus did not strike, there are lots of things to cause distress, isn't there? Economies go up and down. People make decisions about the, the fuels that are used to heat our homes, that to give us light, and sometimes, meaning well, they'll make decisions that will limit or cause quite an expense in those very things that do heat our homes and give us light. Many people have been in distress as staying home with the COVID virus has meant the loss of their jobs, or the social distancing has meant the loss of their businesses, But again, we find that God is a help in distress, he's exceedingly found. God, as I said, when we talked about him being our strength, is ruling behind the scenes. I can look back at my life at Thanksgiving as I often do, looking for things to be thankful for, and believe me, there's way more than my brain will remember. But I can remember many times in distress, going to school, studying to be a pastor and wondering, How in the world can I afford another year? How am I going to pay these bills? In younger years with a much smaller income, worrying about how am I going to be able to feed the family, pay doctor's bills. There are many things in this life that cause us great distress. But you know, the things that keep us up the most at life, the things we pray the most fervently about, saying, Lord, I have nowhere else to turn. I don't know what to do. I'm so stressed out by this. Oh, God, please help me. Those are the ones that while our heart beats and our adrenaline rushes, suddenly, a day, a week, a couple months later, we look back and we go, oh, that just seemed to resolve itself. That's because God is working behind the scenes. I've learned through studying the Word of God that when those things happen, you find the cars broke down, the transmission's going out, you don't know how you have the money to afford that. I've learned to pray to the Lord, Lord, thank you for showing me where I'm not trusting in you. Help me to see your hand and to remain calm, as I know that you are my help in this distress. And it's always amazing to me, while the adrenaline may still dump and I may still feel the stress... I can turn around and see how God resolves that. And the big things that I thought were so awful turn out to be pretty small potatoes. Even during this COVID virus, there's a lot of distress for us. But those who know that they are saved by God, that he's their strength in their salvation, that God is their refuge, turn around and say, what's the worst this virus could do if I do contract it? Take my life? Not that we live in a morbid thought of, I want to die now, that would be suicidal. But we recognize if we do contract the COVID virus, and God's plan is to call us to eternal glory through it, well, that's just it. Our soul will be separated from our body and we'll be before the throne of God. That's pretty good. That's nothing for us to distress about. And if the worst this world can do, the worst thing that can happen is that we lose our life knowing that we are going to be immediately before the throne of God and we will wait in wonderful joy and peace until we get our glorified body in the resurrection. If we know that much and that's the worst that can happen, certainly the rest of the things in life are small potatoes. We give thanks for the many Christians and and for a government that has worked to provide relief. But we know that that is God working as our help in distress. We pray that COVID virus vaccine is approved and has minimal side effects really soon. We're thankful for a government that the Lord has provided that has planned a mass transit system using our military system that is designed to protect our life and property. But we know no matter what the outcome is with COVID, we can always give thanks to the Lord, because the Lord God is our refuge, our strength, and he is a help in distress, as he is exceedingly found. Amen. And now may the God of hope fill you with complete joy and peace as you continue to believe, so that you overflow with hope and thanksgiving by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Lord of heaven and earth, you made all things beautiful. You have provided green forests and refreshing streams. You have arranged the orderly procession of day and night for our work and rest. Thank Thank you for for the the mountains and the 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 prairies, the the roaring sea and the gentle breeze. Thank you for the roofs that shelter us, for clothing that protects us, and for food and drink. Thank you for our work, for projects that are done well, and for the approval of supervisors and teachers. Thank you for all who serve at night to make our days more pleasant. Thank you for associates at work,
1: for their encouragement and praise, and for the joys of human friendships.
0: Thank you for the cities and our countrysides, for farms and factories, for streets and highways, and for all of life that flows so swiftly before us. Thank you for children at play, their boundless energies, and their shouts of joy and laughter. Thank you for the morning greetings we receive and for all the smiles that come from faces loved by you. Thank you for Christian parents, for their affection and their care. Hear us, Lord, as we give thanks for personal blessings. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, for his coming to us in word and sacraments, for his giving and forgiving, and for listening to our prayers. Receive our gifts and offerings as our sacrifice of praise. Lead us in thankful living today and always. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Go in peace, live in harmony with one another and serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.